Hey, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome back. Super excited for this episode today with my good friend Todd White of Dry Farm Wines. We're going to dive into a ton of education around how wine can be healthy, why so much of what you believe about the wine industry is absolutely false, and the amazing research behind the wine that they source that can keep you in a ketogenic state, and I'm glad you're here. The paperback version of my book is still available for just the shipping cost here in the United States. From Success to Significance, the Vision Building Manual. If you want to get on top of your goals, if you want to end this year on a high note and map out your goals, really recreate the way you go about looking at your vision, head to success101podcast.com forward slash book. And if you're in the United States, select the paperback version and at checkout, enter Success 101. You'll get that for just the shipping cost. If you're outside the United States, select the ebook reader and you'll get an instant digital download on that. Also, check out my coaching programs at success101podcast.com forward slash coaching. As I mentioned, I've got Todd White on the show today. You guys are going to hear how you can pick up a penny bottle of wine with your order of this amazing, amazing wine. I mean, the research just blows me away. All you have to do is head to dryfarmwines.com forward slash success 101. You'll get your discount there along with your penny bottle of wine. I thought I loved wine before I found out about this company. Now I really love wine because you can do it in such a healthy way. So let's not wait a minute more. Here's my episode with Todd White of Dry Farm Wines. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. At each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Todd, I think it's so important for our listeners from the health community, the biohacking community, people who want really a deep dive of ways they can have a healthier lifestyle to really understand why you created this company to help people get their mind around how wine can be different than what we know it from today. Well, most people don't really know what real wine is, but let me back up just a moment. We're, you know, we are extreme biohackers. I've been a biohacker and active in the biohacking community for more than a decade. And everyone that works here at Dry Farm Wines now, also I met most of them through the biohacking community. So health is something we have a serious, serious commitment to. What I discovered as a lifelong wine lover, I I was having experience with wine that wasn't favorable. So I'd been drinking wine my whole life. But as I became ketogenic about four years ago, and I've been largely on a ketogenic diet since then, when I really dialed into to my nutritional program in a more advanced way than I'd ever done before. Uh, In the biohacking community, keto really started to emerge about four, four or four and a half years ago. Today, it's pretty fashionable, but at that point, it was still kind of bleeding edge, really only known through the biohacking community and some therapeutic clinical adaptations. But as my nutrition really, really got dialed in and fasting programs, I just couldn't drink traditional wines and I didn't know what was wrong. What I discovered is what I'm going to tell you about, which is the dirty, dark secrets of the wine business. 
the wine industry, in collusion with the United States government, has kept these secrets. And so what I want to do is help your audience understand what real wine is and what the wine is that they're buying and drinking virtually everywhere else. So most every wine sold in the United States, and certainly all the wines manufactured in the United States, contain these secrets. And here's the reason you don't know about these secrets. I'm going to share a couple of them with you quickly in a moment, but I'm going to tell you why you don't know. And Todd, can I stop you there for just one moment? Because I know that if the listeners haven't heard your story, if they haven't heard about Tri-Farm Wines, someone skeptical, maybe like me, is going to think, okay, this guy, he owns a wine company. He's coming on. He's going to tell us the secrets of the wine industry. Of course he is. Of course he's coming from that standpoint. People who know me, though, know I wouldn't have you on my show if I didn't believe 110% in this. And my hope is to make real believers, just as you and your company has of me, of how we really can change the narrative. around. I mean, you said it a couple of times already. We really don't know what's going on in the wine industry. I've drank wine for years. I love wine. And I had no idea what was going on. So, yes, you're here as an owner of a wine company, but I think some people are going to be blown away by what they hear today. And that's really why I'm so glad to have you on the show. Well, I appreciate that. And I want to share these these nuggets of knowledge, health knowledge we believe everyone should have and know about. And so and I wish I had known about them decades earlier rather than ingesting what I now know to be a bunch of toxins that are contained in commercial wines. And when I say commercial wines, I'm talking about virtually everything you see in a restaurant or store. Right. But before we get started on that, let me also mention one other thing, because this is a surprising, this is surprising narrative to hear from the wine guy who owns a wine company that only sells natural, healthy wines. But this is a real surprise for most people. And I commonly get into this in podcast or in public speaking. Alcohol is a dangerous and poisonous drug. It's an extremely, extremely dangerous neurotoxin. And so when we think about alcohol, we need to think about dosage, which is the reason we also only sell and drink low alcohol wines. And I'll get more into that about why that's so important. But alcohol is a very dangerous drug. We need to be very careful with it. And I, and, but, but what I want to first talk about is not, not the alcohol that's contained in wine, but everything else that's in it. And so here's what's happened in the wine supply. Exactly the same thing that's happened in our food supply. It's been massive corporate consolidation, right? And so a little known fact, I'm going to share a whole bunch of facts with you and your audience about the wine industry All of these facts, 100% of what I'm about to tell you, is easily verifiable online just by doing a Google search. Every single thing I'm going to tell you is super easy. The first fact on consolidation, same thing has happened in our food supply. This consolidation is driven by money and greed. It is not driven by any concern for your health. It is driven by concern for fat bank accounts for these huge consolidators. What's happened in the wine industry? Massive consolidation. 52% of all the wines manufactured in the United States are made by just three giant companies. Now, you don't know that as a consumer because these multi-billion dollar slick marketing conglomerates hide behind thousands of labels and brands. They want you to believe that you're drinking from a farmhouse. In fact, you're drinking from massive factories, most of them located in the Central Valley of California manufacturing 
massive amounts of wine, right, in an unhealthy way. And so here's what here's what's happening. There are 76 additives approved by the FDA for the use in winemaking. 76. Easy to Google and find out what I'm about to tell you. Some pretty nasty characters in this chemical field of 76 additives that are approved by the FDA. Now, here's why your audience, unless they've heard me on a podcast, here's why they don't know about those 76 additives. It's because the wine industry has spent tens of millions of dollars in lobby money to keep contents labeling off of a bottle of wine, not to mention nutritional information as well. But but they but more importantly, they've been successful in keeping contents labels off. How they've done that is paying politicians off in the way of lobby money to to keep the to keep contents labels off. The reason they want to keep a contents label off a bottle of wine is because they don't want you to know what's really in it. If it had a contents label on it, it would look exactly like the rest of processed foods you find in the grocery store. It'd have a whole list of chemical names and ingredients and additives that you have no idea what it is. But most people don't think about it. See, the wine industry wants you to believe that all is contained in the bottle is fermented grape juice. That is, in fact, what real wine is and what how a natural wine is made. That is right. not how commercial wines are made. And when I say commercial, I don't mean box wines. I mean every wine, every single wine that you'll see in your grocery store shelf from famous brands that you know and may trust all contain these additives. Only about 500 winemakers in the world who make natural wines, which are additive-free, 100%, natural wine. It just never had a label on it. Every thought it, you know, it was just like, why well, put a label on a bottle of whiskey? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just kind of thinking, you know, it just, everybody just thought it was fermented grape juice. When in fact, if you, if you do a Google search for 76 F for FDA approved wine additives, the list is right there. It's in an FDA document, right? This is, this is a secret, but it's out in the open. And until I started talking about it, you know, nobody, you know, n- nobody just really, nobody knew about it. You know what they nobody was thinking about it. So we put all of this, you know, as health advocates and health fanatics, we put a tremendous amount of focus in my case on having a sugar-free diet, on eating uh, whole real foods, no processed foods. I don't want to enjoy, I don't even, I make my own toothpaste. You know, I'm just super fanatical about you know, a clean, natural life as much as I can be. Now, all of us are going to be subject to environmental uh, chemicals and dyes and additives. We just can't get, you know, it's virtually impossible to get past everything. But in terms of what I eat particularly, you know, I'm very conscious of that grass-fed butter, so on and so forth. So Yeah, and I met you two years ago at the Bulletproof Conference whenever you were putting on kind of an after-hours wine thing and I started hearing more and more about you guys. Paleo FX, I mean... Your whole team's there. Everybody's ripped up. I mean, you guys all walk the walk and talk the talk. This is not just some hypo, hyper message about marketing and, you know, we don't really do what we do. And there's plenty of companies and representatives out there who don't do what they promote. But you guys, I mean, you walk the walk and talk the talk. And that's obvious whenever you see your team in person. There's 22 of us and 19 are ketogenic and and the, the, the others are, you know, low carb. Um, just clean eaters. But I mean, we're super, I mean, we, this is not marketing spin. We invented this to solve a problem I had. And then it turns out that there were thousands and thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people who were interested in the same thing. So the business became very successful, but 
it's people just don't know once they get educated and then they taste the wines. See, the wines taste different. They're cleaner. They're lighter. They're fresher. They taste like a real natural product. I wanted to bring you guys one of my favorite meal replacement drinks called Ample. That's A-M-P-L-E. Super quality ingredients from Connor Young and the team over at Ample to get your brain and body going in peak performance every single day. It's soy-free, gluten-free, non-GMO, no artificial sweeteners, no artificial flavors, and they have some of the world's most choice ingredients that you can't just go pick up at your local Whole Foods or Central Market or anywhere else that you shop organically. They've got healthy fats, quality proteins, probiotics and prebiotics, a ton of plant-based micronutrients clean burning carbohydrates that burn with a low glycemic impact, and then a lot of other great ingredients that I would never think to put in a smoothie or a shake, dried honey, Himalayan sea salt, monk fruit extract, the list goes on and on. You guys know I'm all about the brain and the body, and Ample goes right along with everything that I believe on how to fuel up as you're getting out the door each day. And for faithful listeners of the Success 101 podcast, you guys are going to get 15% off your order. Just head to success101podcast.com forward slash ample, that's A-M-P-L-E, and at checkout, enter success101 in the promo code, and you guys are going to snag 15% off of this awesome meal in a bottle. Now back to the show. Yeah, and that that was the big like aha moment for me because I heard your message. I heard other people that represent your company's message. I've seen videos online of things you guys have done for the company, and once I had my first bottle... I understood it. And from the first time you taste what you would call not honest wine or or not real wine, I guess, it's like, man, I don't want to go back to this stuff ever again. I mean, you mentioned there's 76 additives approved by the FDA. You can easily find those online. 56 of those, I think, are approved even by the EU, where you said most of these you know, winemakers are coming from uh, over there in, in Europe. Hopefully the listeners are hearing this. Tons of chemicals, things we had no idea was in the bottle. It's not real wine. It's not what you guys call honest wine. And to me, it's it's just what you don't know you don't know. And for so long, people have drank this wine that if it makes you feel good and it's serving the purpose, why change anything? And it was a huge eye-opener for me. And I understood what you meant by clean wine, fresh wine, however you want to describe that. So hard to go back to the other stuff because you do, you taste the chemicals, you smell the chemicals, and I had never known anything different until I got my hands on y'all's bottles. Let's talk about what makes a a wine natural. What what the difference between commercial wines? And again, when I say commercial wines, I mean everything that's not natural. And again, there are so few. We're the largest buyer and seller of natural wines in the world by probably 10x or more. And so... The, these wines are very difficult to find. Um, you can find them in select markets like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles. There's one retailer in Dallas. There's a handful of retailers around the country, but they're very, very small. And they're only in really, really, really big markets. And even then, there'd be like one shop or two shops that will have a natural wine section. Other than that, they're impossible to find. You will not find them at retail. Here's the thing. You won't find them at Whole Foods either because natural winemakers can't make very large quantities of wine because it's too the, – the winemaking the winemaking environment, once you start making wine in appreciable quantities, you have to use these additives and chemicals to control the process because there's just too many bacterial risks. In, 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 in large vats. So you can only make pretty small quantities. 
right? And so this is another reason that that uh, that they're not they're not distributed. And let me clarify one other thing: just because a wine is organic, does not mean that it's naturally made. It just means the fruit was organically farmed. Right now. That's better than industrial farming, which represents nearly all grape farming worldwide. But, but just because it's organic, and you rarely, even if you go into Whole Foods, you rarely see organic grapes on a bottle. Occasionally, but that does not mean the wine is naturally made. There's a big difference. So let me talk about what the differences are. So first of all, it begins with irrigation. So our wines, just like our name, dry farm wines, dry farming means to farm without irrigation. None of our wine, none of the vines that produce the wines that are made for us are irrigated. More than 99% of U.S. vineyards are irrigated. And the only reason you irrigate a grapevine is for more money. Yep. In most of Europe, it is illegal to irrigate a grapevine. Not everywhere, but most of Europe is illegal. The reason being is because Europeans know what I know. Europeans have been making wine over 3,000 years. They know the moment that you irrigate a grapevine, you fundamentally change the physiology of the plant, how it relates to the earth, how it relates to soil, how it relates to minerals, how it relates to its neighbors, you immediately change the physiology of how it ripens fruit. And that's very important. And I'll tell you about that in a moment. But irrigating a grapevine is just a real bad idea. And uh, it changes the character of the fruit, the quality of the fruit. And it also fundamentally changes the health value of the wine. Because wine's primary health value, you know, we know moderate doses. And I want to talk about dosage and alcohol in a moment. We know moderate doses of alcohol. Let me repeat moderate have been shown to be healthy, have been shown to increase mortality, to, uh, to improve brain cognition in moderate doses. We know this is to be factual. There's no one that disagrees about this. The question is, what's moderate? We can talk about alcohol in a moment. But the other value and the reason that wine is really the health food of choice for those who do drink is because red wines... We'll talk about the difference between red and white in a moment. Red wines contain over 800 polyphenols. That's where the primary health benefit from, from wine comes from. White wines contain just over 200, and we'll talk about that in a moment, what the difference is. But, but irrigation, irrigation fundamentally reduces the quality and quantity of polyphenols in wine. And that might not surprise you because when you fill the berry with water, you're diluting the value of everything. Right. But why do you fill that berry with water? Well, you get higher yield and more importantly, you get fruit that weighs more. Yeah. And fruit is sold by the ton. So this is about money. You irrigate for money. You certainly don't irrigate for quality and do not irrigate for health. So first of all, our wines are not irrigated. Number two, they are farmed organically or biodynamically, and biodynamic is a prescriptive form of organic farming. Uh, following that, they most all, not 100%, but most all of our vines are also old, old vines. They average about 60 years in age. They can be as young as 20 or 25 years or as old as 100 or 110, but most of our vines age about 65 years. Now, 
the average age of a grapevine in California is under 14 years. The reason that you rip vines out after about a decade is because once they become that age, the yield of fruit materially decreases, right? And so again, you replant for money, right? You replant for higher yields. The older the vine gets, the lower the yield. However, the older the vine gets, the better quality and character of the grape that, that, that the vine produces. So we're talking about old vines, no irrigation, all organic or biodynamic farming. That's on the farming side, on the, which involve a lot of other practices on the farming side for natural wines, like biodiversity in the vineyard, living soil management. So for most natural wine growers, they don't even, they never turn the ground. So they don't plow or turn over the ground around the vine. The reason they don't do that is because when you, because a living soil is teeming with billions of organisms, right? There's life under that soil. That life is what provides life to the vine. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And once you turn that soil over by plowing it, you're just turning all those organisms over to the sun and they will die. And so your most natural winemaker will never touch the soil at all. Right. He wants that. He has he has winter crop covers and mulching that's created by natural growth on top of the soil, which eventually becomes part of the topsoil. But he doesn't want to disrupt that living world that is under a living soil. So when you're constantly plowing and turning soils, you're constantly killing all those organisms. That makes sense? Absolutely. And to recap for everyone here, because I know there are people tuning in who may know all of this. They've heard your message before. There's probably a lot that haven't, though, and they're like me. They were completely in the dark about this. But natural wine, as you said, is confusing to consumers because most people think wine in its purest form is natural. They just think it's fermented grapes. But it's got the pesticides. It's got the irrigation. You guys are doing it without any irrigation. You're growing it naturally. The biodynamic farming, too, as I just mentioned. And maybe you'll get into the yeast part that I know I've heard you mention before as far as the spontaneous fermentation on that. But irrigated grapevines are illegal in most of Europe simply because they've made wine for so long. They know how it works. And it just lowers the quality of wine from the water filling up in the fruit. And they do that primarily for weight and money, you know, heavier weight's going to sell more fruit. And then they're ripping those things out of the ground about every decade or so to end up trying to get more of a yield. And I'm, I just know most people just don't know that when they're picking up their choice bottle of wine that they've drank for so long from the supermarket that they think's the greatest thing out there. They don't know any of this. Yeah, they don't have any idea. But we'll, 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 let's talk about the, the yeast and fermentation in a moment. So that so that's what happens in the vineyard, right? So that's the farming practices. Then once the fruit gets in the cellar, then there's a whole host of other problems. So now that we've talked about the farming practices and what's happening in the vineyard, and that's critically important, what happens next is the fruit goes into the cellar, and here's where a whole host of new problems occur. First of all, number one is in the fermentation practice. So when a commercial wine is fermented, the very first thing that a winemaker does is pour sulfur dioxide into the juice. Now, the reason they do that is to kill the native yeast. All grapes have yeast on the skin of the berry. It's picked up in the vineyard. It's, it's indigenous and wild to the vineyard where the grape is grown. All grapes, commercial grapes, natural grapes, all of them. Just naturally. They all have, it's all naturally grown. It's naturally occurring. But the commercial winemaker 
doesn't want to work with the native yeast. They're too temperamental. They're too difficult to work with. They're unpredictable. They require a lot of coddling. All natural wines are fermented with the native yeast that is wild and indigenous to the vineyard where the grape is grown. In commercial winemaking, what happens is they introduce, they add sulfur dioxide to, 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 to the wine juice after it's been pressed to kill the native yeast. They then inoculate with a genetically modified commercial yeast. Now, the reason they do this is because the commercial yeasts are very sturdy. They're you know, just like bulletproof, right? They're, they're, they're super easy to work with. And also, they've oftentimes and usually been modified to achieve certain flavor profiles. Let's just say that I'm making wine in California and I want a Mediterranean flavor profile. Well, there are yeasts that have been modified to produce that profile of flavor, right? Yeah. And so that this is this is so most all wines are fermented with these commercial yeast. Natural winemaking, one of the protocols and our requirement is that it only be fermented with the wild native yeast that are indigenous to the vineyard. Following that, there's the, the process of fully, ferment, fully fermenting the wine. I'm going to explain to you what that means. The most common question we get, this is something we haven't talked about, all of our wines are 100% sugar-free. That's very important to us because we're ketogenic and we're health fanatics, and we happen to believe that sugar is also very toxic. And so we don't eat sugar. This is another kind of crazy thing that we did in the very beginning. We lab test every wine. So that's that's how we that's how we became kind of who we are and the trusted source for these wines. We don't take anybody's word or representation for any of the above facts. We test every wine in a certified lab in California, an analogist who works for us um, independently. We, sort of, we, we, we lab test every single wine that we drink and sell. And when I say drink and sell, it's really important because the wines we sell, I also drink those same wines, right? And so, again, we created this. We did this to scratch an itch we had to solve a problem we had. I made wine in Napa Valley where I live. Uh, we don't drink or sell any domestic wines, but I live in the wine country because it's beautiful and I love the lifestyle here. I don't drink the wines, but I but uh, I love the food and the lifestyle in the wine country. So let me ask you, Todd, if if some because I know most of these wines are coming over from overseas and you guys handpick the six or 12 bottles, depending on what selection people pick on their shipments. They may be from parts of Europe. They may be from Germany, just all over the place. Right. France, wherever. If a winemaker just stealthily under the scenes, this may not even be an issue, I'm not sure, but if a winemaker changes their procedures and protocol, and you guys have used them for a long time, you said you're lab testing, you're lab testing all these wines. How how often are you guys lab testing to find out if a winemaker changes its protocol or does something different to where suddenly the wine is just a little bit different than what you guys have as set as your standards? Well, I mean, we, we, we test every vintage. We test every single wine from every single vintage. First of all, the, the scenario that you described, while might, you know, sounds like maybe as maybe a skeptic might wonder that, but let me tell you why that's not really practical and why that's not really going to happen in the first place. Although we test, we lab test every vintage and every single wine from every vintage. So once a bottle is once a bottle, once a wine, once the vintage is in bottle, 
right? It's not, there's, there's not, nothing's going to change Correct. in the bottle. I mean, the wine, the taste of the wine will change over time, but none of the components of the wine will change, right? So once it's lab tested for that vintage, you don't have to test it again for that wine, right? But the next vintage, we test it again because things, conditions could have changed. Um, and so, but, but they wouldn't change in the way you described. And here's why. These people, these farmers, they, they are f- like we're health fanatics. They are fanatics about natural living and natural farming, right? I mean, it takes, I mean, they're committed to, they have a high, they're like, they're like at, you know, they're, they're like activists, right? I mean, they're, they're, these are people who deep look, natural, natural winemaking is not easy and there's not a lot of money in it because you can't make, you can't make, can't make high quantities. These people do it because they want to protect the land for generations because they're stewards of the earth, because they believe in a natural way of life. I mean, they're fanatics. So this is not like you, you see the same thing with organic farmers in the U.S. who are growing vegetables. I mean, they said this isn't just about this isn't about money or marketing for them. This is how they live. Right. And so the same thing for the winemakers, even more so, perhaps, uh, because you can, you can do organic farming on a large scale, you cannot do uh, natural winemaking on a large scale. It's just it's just not possible. You can farm organically on a larger scale, and many companies do. This is about a lifestyle. This is about a belief system. This is about also the the natural winemaker. Like the num- if you ask a natural winemaker why they make natural wines, is because this is what I drink. Right? I mean, it's like. They don't want to, they don't, they want to drink the same thing too. And so, but they're also, most of these farmers are all small families. Um, most of the time, the entire family works in, in, works on the farm. We're oftentimes on these farms uh, where they cook for us. And most of the time, most of what they prepare is also all grown on the farm or butchered on the farm. I mean, they're very, you know, these people are just very, very serious about, you know, this lifestyle. So this, so the scenario, well, maybe they change their farming practices, maybe some of the changes next year. Nah, not that would never happen. But what can happen is that we might not like the wine next year. Like it doesn't meet our aesthetic. We have a very, you know, we have a very strict aesthetic. Like we're, we also, not only are we interested in all the protocols I've talked to you about, but we're also interested in the poetry and the art of wine. Right. So they might make a wine we don't like the taste of. Doesn't mean it's bad wine. It just doesn't meet our aesthetic. Or or they could have other variables like alcohol. Their alcohol level could be too high next year. Right. And I'll talk about that in a moment. Or or they could have a little residual sugar. Maybe their fermentation didn't complete. Right. That can happen where the sugar level or certain varietals tend to have higher sugar levels just as a matter of winemaking style. Riesling is a good example. Yeah. So right. Rieslings typically have residual sugar in them, right? It's just the winemaking style. We don't sell many Rieslings. There's only a handful we found that are sugar-free. And so these are just kind of variables that would cause us not to buy the wine. doesn't mean there's something wrong with the wine. It means it doesn't meet our very health our very strict health standards. So let me talk about alcohol for a moment. And before you dive into that, I, I pulled you off with that question because I thought some skeptics might want to know that. And I'm glad you clarified that. You were talking about the fact that 
there's no sugar. I mean, you just mentioned a little bit about the sugar with Riesling and things like that, but your wines don't have sugar and most of your people stay in ketosis. I know a ton of people, the biohacking community that I know, they live a, a ketogenic lifestyle. This wine is great for them. I've heard you say before, you can drink up to a bottle a night and it's not it's going to take you out of ketosis. But even for someone listening in who's not trying to stay in a keto lifestyle, if that's not what they're after or they haven't really learned all about that yet, you still don't want to put crap in your body. You don't want to put carbs in your body. You want to put sugar in your body. We know that sugar is a huge part of cancer, brain fog, a ton of other illnesses, and even injuries over time or illnesses that come from sugar. If you keep hearing Todd say something about being ketogenic or his team being ketogenic, those sort of things, that's awesome. But even if you're not in that lifestyle, don't think that, oh, that wine's not for me or I shouldn't pursue that path. You stay away from sugar. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't whether you're ketogenic or not. Very few people are. Even people who say they're on a keto diet or living a keto <laughs> right. lifestyle, right. very often they're very often they're not. Um, that that doesn't really matter. But what we do know definitively is that sugar in very high doses is is just toxic and and makes us sick. And I, I, you know, we're we're statistically sugar free as a lifestyle because we think it's a healthier way to live. Whether or not you're ketogenic or not, you should eat as little sugar as possible. In my, from my point of view, and I certainly don't want to be drinking it and not even know I'm drinking it. Right. The problem with sugar in wine is that oftentimes you can't even taste it. So, just talking about sugar for a moment, because I'm because we're just so rapidly against sugar. Talking about sugar for a moment. So, sugar in wine can categorically range from zero, our wines, to as much as 300 grams per liter. That's the technical category of wine. Now, 300 grams, to give your audience a reference point, uh, Coke, a cola drink, has about 108 grams per liter. Now, when we talk about these wines with two and 300 grams of sugar, we're talking about dessert wines, ice wines, obviously very, very sweet wines, right? On the, on the lower side, when we're talking about commercial wines, you can commonly see wines from 15 grams to about 40 or 50 grams per liter of sugar in store-bought commercial wines. This is very common, right? Now, you'll, you can buy, I freely admit, because people challenge me on this, and it's true, I freely admit you can buy particularly certain red wines that are dry and, like our wines, are also sugar-free. But here's the problem. You don't know which ones those are. And you can't taste sugar at a low level in wine because the acid level in wine is too high to taste the sugar. Even as professional tasters, we can't taste it. But you can't always taste it because the underlying acid level is so high. Same thing in a, same thing in a can of Coke that's got 35 grams of sugar in it. If it didn't have ascorbic acid in it, you couldn't drink it. It'd be so sweet. Right. Yeah. And so and so when acid, just like making lemonade, you know, you can squeeze lemon juice, you can pour sugar in it and pour sugar in it. It's still sour up until you get a lot of sugar in it. Right. So where there's acid present, you can't always taste sugar. And so sugar can hide in wine. When I said hiding in it earlier, sugar, drinking sugar you didn't even know existed. That's the reason we do lab testing, because the only way we know that a wine is sugar free is to lab test it. Well, I think that's a great point because the six bottles that I pull out of the shipment that I get from you guys each month, if I just went somewhere to another country over in Europe or I was just going down to the supermarket on a vacation in Europe looking for a bottle of wine, there's nothing that tells me when I pull that bottle off the shelf that it's sugar-free, it's been dry farmed, 
all, all the things that you've mentioned here, there's nothing on there that stands out to say healthy wine. Like you have to really know or you have to be lab testing, as you said, or buy from a trusted source like you guys to make sure that you're getting the right thing. Well, we're the only, we, Dry Farm Wines is the only health quantified wine merchant in the world. I mean, and the only reason, nobody in the wine business, not even in the natural wine business, nobody in the wine business is thinking about this the way we think about it. And the only reason we think about it is because we're health fanatics and we have this passion, as you do, for helping other people have health knowledge and live a healthier way of life to have a happier life, a more joyful life, a higher performance life, right? This, this, this living experience should be extraordinary. And so we, you know, our passion, not only about wine, we do it in many other ways. As you know, I'm a speaker on the ketogenic circuit. We speak on meditation. We speak on uh, company culture and lots of other things ways that we help people live a high-performance, healthier life. As you know, we're also endorsed by virtually every health leader on the planet, including everyone your audience will know about, Dave Sisson, Mark, I mean, Dave Asprey, Mark Sisson, Rob Wolf, uh, Abel James, J.J. Virgin, Dr. David Perlmutter, Dr. Mark Hyman, hundreds and hundreds of doctors across the United States, many of them celebrity or famous doctors, New York Times bestselling authors, endorse our process and trust us. Yeah, I know all of those people very well, and they don't just put their name on anything. That alone should talk about the quality of what you guys are doing, in my opinion. The, the reason I think that they we've been so successful in, in getting endorsements from all of these influencers and, and health experts is because... Most of them know us, have met us at health conferences. We're the official wine for virtually every health conference in the United States that's not traditionally Western focused, which we don't believe in that. But, you know, for every forward looking health conference, we're their official wine. And, and, and the reason that the reason I think we've been so successful in in getting so many endorsements, not only does the product work and taste better and they know that, but in addition to that, they know us. So they've met us, they've seen us, you know, they know that we walk the talk, right? And so this is not marketing spin, this is our lifestyle, right? And so there's a big difference in that because as you know, in the health space, particularly in supplements, and, and there's a lot of people who don't even walk the talk. In fact, the people who are selling supposed weight loss aids or whatever need to lose weight. I'm just like, how do you even, how is that even credible? But anyway, I don't want to miss a chance before we wrap up to talk about alcohol because this is super important. Alcohol is toxic and dangerous. This is another, I mentioned earlier why we might buy a wine this year, this vintage from a natural winemaker. We might not buy it next year because sometimes, sometimes the alcohol level may be too high for us. It wouldn't be like American high, but it'd be outside of our, outside of our very strict standard. We don't sell any wines over 12 and percent. And most of the wine I drink is between 10 and 11%. And we have wines that go as low as 6%. Now, here's why this is important. Alcohol levels in American wines, and this is also online, easy to find. Alcohol levels in American wines have been steadily increasing over the last 25 years. So now most of your American wines, and here's the thing, most of your audience who drinks wine probably pays little or no attention to the wine stated on to the, to the alcohol stated on the bottle 
But the fact of the matter is it makes a huge difference. Most commercial wines now are 14, 14 and a half up to 17 or 17 and a half percent alcohol. This is a huge difference from 11%. And the reason it's important is because alcohol is simply poisonous, right? And we want to make sure that we're having a moderate dose. And the other thing is that most wine drinkers, including myself, don't have a glass of wine. I have several glasses. I usually drink about a bottle a night over the course of a dinner and, and into the early evening. And so... Which it I thought does. was absolutely crazy whenever I first heard you say that, either in a publication or on a talk you gave. And I was like, dude, really? A bottle a night? Like, as his regular lifestyle, like, once I got your wine and not feeling the harmful effects that I was on the regular wine that I thought was awesome, like, it, it clicked. It's like, this is different. If you drink a bottle of standard wine, a bunch of things are going to happen. You're going to feel like hell when after you drink it. Right. During the drinking process, about halfway through the bottle— you know, you're going to start to get this blunt, this blunt feeling in your head and you're going to have a horrible hangover in the morning. Right. And so that does not happen with our wines, in part because they're naturally made and in part because they're lower alcohol. So alcohol will give you a hangover. Right. And so just, you know, it's really important to drink less. And for a wine drinker and most wine drinkers probably think they drink too much and too often. You know, for a wine drinker who drinks regularly, as most of our customers do, and we have 40,000 customers across the United States, you know, as, as, most, as, as most of our customers are regular wine drinkers. And so, and they're also super interested in health. So, this solution for them is like just amazing, right? And so, it just, I mean, I wish I had this solution decades earlier, rather than drink more than I should of, of crappy product. And let me mention one other thing about alcohol stated on the bottle. I mentioned stated. I'll tell you why. Because this is another area of collusion between the United States government and the wine industry. The, the alcohol stated on the bottle is not required by law to be accurate. It's generally understated from its reality. So, the wine industry gets up to a percent and a half to, 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 from reality. So in other words, if you pick up a bottle of wine, this is 14, it says 14% alcohol. It could be as high as 15.5% and still be legal. And this is very common practice. And there have been studies and tests done on this as well. The San Francisco Chronicle did a test on California wines a couple of years ago, testing them for actual versus stated alcohol. So this is also available online. Again, all these things I'm telling you are not, it's not marketing spend I'm making up or trying to sell wine here. I'm just sharing with your audience educational facts. Well, you're, you're trying to sell it. I mean, let's face it, you're trying to sell it, but you're trying to sell it because you're fanatic about it and you know it helps a ton of people. Well, yeah, well, we're, in the, we're in the business of selling wine. Now, let me be perfectly clear about that. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not generating this marketing spin to which, as you know, and your audience will know, too, if they follow the, the health space and are involved in healthy living, there is a tremendous tremendous amount of marketing spend in the health and supplement space that's just plain BS that that is generated solely to create fear and sell product. I'm just telling you what I'm telling you is not that kind of spend. Let me take a step back because I know some people who haven't had your wine like I have, they might be hearing this and going, man, low alcohol, 
yeah, that, that's really not what I'm going after. And even people in the health space, I know people, you know people, you can tell them about the consequences, whether it be hangover, whether it be sugar, whatever. Their thought is, well, I'm not going to less alcohol. Like the whole reason I'm drinking this is to get a buzz or a high or whatever. I'll deal with the consequences later. It, it really is poisonous, which some people might say, well, why drink it at all? If it's poisonous, there's plenty of benefits to wine as well, as you can speak to. But I mean, you've got such a solution here with low alcohol, low, low point of the bad stuff that still gives you the euphoric feeling, that creative out of the box feeling that you get with wine, the happy feeling, dancing in the kitchen while we're cooking food, my wife and I. I mean, there's nothing like that experience. But if we can do it in a way where we can drink, you know, more of it for much more of the health benefits, less of the negative benefits. I mean, I'm just—I was so excited when I stumbled across your research and actually experienced it for myself. Yeah, here, here's the thing: I, wine is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing, right? And so, yes, alcohol is toxic. Yes, there are many downsides to drinking commercial wines, but to drink a real, honest, beautiful, natural wine is an extraordinary thing. I don't drink during the daytime and I don't recommend that your listeners drink during the daytime either. I only drink at night. I only drink at the dinner table, around the dinner table, and typically with with family and friends. And here's the beautiful thing that wine does do. In addition to the health benefits, and there are many health benefits primarily from two areas, the polyphenols found in wine. The most famous one is known as resveratrol. The polyphenols in wine and the moderate doses of alcohol. We know both that I don't think anybody disagrees that both are healthy. Uh, But the most beautiful thing about wine occurs with friends and family, and typically we find celebrating around the dinner table for an evening meal. And that is what happens when we have a moderate dose of clean wine is that we have an elevation in our creative expression. We have we have a rise in euphoria, and we roll down that window of vulnerability just a little bit. And that vulnerability allows us to be more emotionally accessible, to share more of ourselves, and to absorb the availability from others. This is the beautiful wine experience together in community with others. What that causes us to do is simply love more and to be more accessible to love and to spread love more. Anytime we can introduce more love into our life, this is what really makes life a joyful and pleasant experience. And so wine facilitates a tremendous amount of of love. And love is just a wonderful thing. And also with this creative expression, this is the reason you see wine so intertwined throughout the millennia of culture around art, right, and celebration. It's just about beauty and love. And this, when you can bring more beauty and love into your life and the experience of the taste of beautiful, clean, elegant, natural wine, it's just, it's hard to describe for those who've never had it, but it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. You can taste, you can taste the nature, the terroir, you can taste the place, right? You can taste the minerality. And this is a wonderful thing about unirrigated grapevines and grapevines that are organically farmed, and wine that hasn't been altered in the cellar. You can taste the stone. You can taste the minerality of the place where it's grown. And this this, this is a beautiful thing. This is where this is what makes wine so beautiful. Oh, absolutely. And wine's at the top of my list when it comes. I've always been fascinated by cigars, coffee, 
fruits of different countries, but especially wine, just the processing, the way it's done, and you guys doing it naturally makes that so much more uh, just enhanced, I guess, for lack of a better phrase there. You mentioned that the dosage of alcohol a second ago, wine enhances our creative expression when we use it in low alcohol dosages. And I think that's what people have gotten away from. They think, why? I want to get this feeling. I want to get this rush. I'm going to use alcohol in high doses. I'm going to escape reality, escape the stress of the work week, whatever. Guys, it's so much better when you're using that enhanced creative expression in low alcohol doses. That's why spirits are so concerning. Whiskey, you know, things like that that people are chasing after. And, and I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. I, I'm a I'm a huge whiskey guy as far as like in tiny, tiny doses. But whenever I'm doing something naturally healthy occurring that I don't want all of the bad experiences it's you, it's you guys, it's your wine. But I mean, that dosage of alcohol can take us out of creative expression. And I, I like the fact that you mentioned you don't like drinking during the day because that takes us out of that active fat burning or it shuts down that fat burning process due to the energy source that's come into our body. And a lot of people don't think about that either. No question about it. You can shut fat burning down the moment you, you take any alcohol in. Uh, you know, I, I love to be a fat burner, but I also love my wine at night. I, I think people don't think that because they think, well, I'm not going to drink beer because it's got tons of carbs. I may not drink certain types of wine if they are if they know about the sugar, which most people don't. I think a lot of people go straight to the spirits because they go, oh, no calories. I'm good with this. But there's the poisonous alcohol and there's still all the sugar that's in there. The problem with spirits is just simply just too high a dose of alcohol. And again, most people don't have a drink. They have several. That's just the nature of the beast. And so, you know, the, the alcohol, here's the, if, if people are using alcohol to check out, right, instead of tap in, here's the way we look at alcohol in moderate doses. Look, you still get plenty high on our wines. Don't worry, right? They're not alcohol free. Uh, you're going to get plenty high. You know, the, the, we occasionally have people, you know, write in or on social posts, they'll say, well, I want to get drunk. Can you still get drunk? Well, Personally, I'm not into getting drunk. I mean, I'm at an age and a place in my life where it's not my goal to get drunk. I damn sure like getting high. But the goal is not to get drunk at my station in life. I want to tap in, tap into the source. I don't want to check out. If I'm checking out, I'm drinking too much alcohol. And there must be underlying reasons for that in my life. My stress levels are too high. You know, I've got other things that are that are causing my monkey mind. I recommend if you need to check out, I recommend that you start meditating and tapping in, right? And once you get tapped in, use alcohol to tap into the source of that creative energy and euphoria. Don't take it in such doses that you're checking out. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Talk to us before we leave, because I think this is so important, about polyphenols and People in the health community that are really in tune with this, they're going to know exactly, you know, they're going to tune into this very quickly. But people who haven't heard a lot about that and they hear the studies that are out year after year that have been debunked that say, you know, wine is better for you than than exercise when it's talking about the wrong types of wine, because we know that's not the case just from our conversation here today. But polyphenols, if you can go into your research behind that, what you know about that and the health for the body, why we need those, why those are important and, and helpful. Well, in the United States, less than 1% of U.S. vineyards are organic. Roundup, or glyphosate, is the number one used herbicide in all U.S. vineyards, right? So, and, and there are studies out there showing glyphosate in U.S. wine. That's also available on, uh, online. But... <clears throat> But the, 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 
So all of these pesticides and herbicides that are being sprayed, not to mention liquid nitrogen. See, the irrigated grapevine, which is almost every grapevine in the United States, gets its food out of a little tube, not from reaching down deep into the earth of minerality where the polyphenols and where the where the flavor of the wine is best found. An irrigated grapevine has a little drip tube just above the tank, above the trunk. And so that's where it gets not only its water, but that's also where it gets its nutrient in the way of liquid nitrogen. And there's problems with this. Here's the deal. An irrigated grapevine has a root ball about three feet in, in reach. Uh, about two feet across and about three feet deep. It doesn't have a, a much of a root structure because all of its nutrients and water come from the surface above the, above the root ball. An unirrigated grapevine at maturity can have can have roots that reach up to fifty feet deep. Right now, because that 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 plant is struggling with these little capillary roots, not about the size of a hair. Right, they're struggling to find nutrient and water, just crawling across that soil, that earth, breaking up little bits of, of matter, you know, uh, and even, even rock matter, mineral matter, and look for, for nutrients. This drives much higher polyphenol content in the grape as opposed to being fed a, uh, a nitrogen diet. But the polyphenol, the importance of them, there are just over 800 polyphenols in red wine, a little, a couple hundred in white wine. As I mentioned earlier, the most famous one is resveratrol. In lab testing, there's no human proof of this, but in testing with mice, resveratrol in very high doses, I might add, have been shown to exp- extend lifespan. But polyphenols are very important for gut health, uh, for, for uh, microbiome in the gut. They're also very, very helpful. They're helpful in different areas of the body for different compounds, but cardiovascular health and also for our neurological health. Just like you have flavonoids and polyphenols in chocolate, uh, you have polyphenols in, in, in olive oil. All, this, all of the kind of brain foods all have polyphenols. And so wine is just, I think, the most fun source of polyphenols. Chocolate's probably the second most fun source. Right, a hundred percent, hundred percent cocoa. I might add in, in our case, but so these polyphenols are have three primary. There are many benefits, many health benefits to them, but the three primary are uh, micro microbiome in the gut, uh, cardiovascular health, and also neurological health. I know you mentioned the glyphosate, and people don't know about that. They don't know about wine, certain types of wine. They certainly don't know about this because it's so hidden. But I know Dr. David Perlmutter talks a lot about this, and it's destroying our soil. It's destroying our water supply. I mean, we're jacking with our gut with all the chemicals we ingest. But that one is we're finding out more and more, and, and you guys have known this for a long time. It's in our soil. It's right there where our food comes from. It's where our wine comes from. It's where our water supply is, all of that. So even if you're ingesting helpful things or polyphenols or any, you know, fill in the blank with anything helpful that you're ingesting. It's just all the chemicals around. If you're ingesting the wrong types of things, in your case, especially wine, you're still doing so much more harm to your body by not choosing the right type of product to ingest, even though you think, oh, wine's helpful, resveratrol, it's got all these helpful benefits. Go back to the 76 components that you mentioned earlier that are approved by the FDA. Go back to the chemicals that we're just talking about here 
it's not what you guys think it is. And that's why I knew I had to get Todd on the show to talk about this. And I love their wine. I can't explain it. You guys have to be on this side of the conversation to understand it, which is why I encourage you to go out and order your own. But it's clean. It is. It tastes more like, to me, it tastes more like the fruit. It tastes more natural. Again, it's hard to explain. I don't know if you had trouble explaining it to people when you first started trying to get your message out about your company, but until they experience it, it's really hard to explain. Fortunately for us, I mean, the beginning happened really fast and quick because we got, you know, early endorsements from people like Mark Sisson who tasted it. When I first met Mark Sisson, he's like, I don't drink wine anymore. It makes me feel bad. I can't drink it. I was like, I have a solution for you. He's like, ah, sounds like marketing speak to me. I'm not really interested. <laughs> I don't drink wine anymore. I was like, dude, listen to me. I can help you. Uh, anyway, I finally ended up at his house doing a wine tasting for he and his wife. And and a few days later, he wrote me. I left him some wine behind. And I said, look, you, this is going to be different for you. I'm telling you. And uh, and he wrote me and said, hey, I'm a believer. This is, you know, I, I'm shocked. And so um, from that point forward, I mean, once you start getting endorsements like that, and I was a guest on his podcast and, and you know, they've done any number of dedicated blog postings on all of the on all of the things we've discussed and much more about the dangers of commercial wines. So, yeah, so fortunately, because the product really tastes delicious and you really feel much better and it really works and it is healthier, uh, selling it has been pretty easy. But uh, once we got in front of the right people, but uh, so yeah, yeah, it makes a it makes a huge difference. Uh, this this uh, look, we know that. We know that glyphosate or Roundup, which I said is the most common herbicide used in U.S. vineyards, we, we know, and around the world, it's not only a U.S. problem, it's a global issue. But we know that glyphosate, you know, there's huge controversial studies right now about whether it causes cancer. And, of course, Monsanto says no, and there's a ton of evidence to the contrary. Again, it's another area of collusion between the U.S. government and big business. So, you know, Monsanto has been very, very successful in keeping these poisons uh, legal. Uh, they're widely used throughout farming in the United States. Uh, they are, um, they have been, uh, there was a study done two years ago by an organization in the Midwest called Moms for a Better America, who did lab testing in three appellations on California wines and found glyphosate present in 100% of the wines, both on organic and non-organic farms. It's speculated, they don't know this, it's speculated that the <clears throat> glyphosate got into the fruit from irrigation. And here's why. Because the way glyphosate or Roundup is applied in a vineyard is different than the way it's applied in, say, a wheat field. So in a wheat field, there's been a lot of problems with this in the Midwest in, in wheat farming for organic wheat farmers wanting to farm organic and produce organic wheat. I don't recommend you eat wheat organic or not, but, but the organic farmers in wheat are getting contaminated with overspray because glyphosate is applied from the air for wheat farming from a, from a crop plane. But in grape farming, it's applied very close to the ground, uh, usually manually or from a tractor uh, dispenser that is very, very close to the ground. And so there's, there, there's, no, there's no real opportunity for classic overspray into a neighboring organic farm. That's the reason they speculate that this is coming through the irrigation, because they're all irrigated, whether they're organic or not. 
almost in almost 100% of the cases. The, the fraction below 100% is so small, you may as well practically say 100%. But so the speculate is coming in through the irrigation because there's no real classic opportunity for overspray. And Dr. David Perlmutter talks, as you mentioned, is who endorses our wines, but he also talks a lot about the dangers to the micro, uh, the gut microbiome, and what glyphosate does to just kill off our 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 uh, our, our microbiome. So I, yeah. you know, it's and, and destroying and, the soil. Uh, it kills the soil. I mean, you know, one of the one of the tenets of natural winemaking and of natural farming is really biodiversity and most important living soil, right? The soil needs to be alive. It takes about seven years. If you, if you convert a vineyard from non-organic to organic, it takes about seven years to have real life return to living soil, right? I mean, it's just, I mean, we, we, we are killing the earth with these toxins and poisons, and consequently killing ourselves and, and leading to, you know, a, a melody of, uh, of chronic diseases that 100 years ago didn't exist. They existed. You know, the diseases existed just in very, very small, very, very small applications and also only right at the end of life. What we're seeing now with chronic illness is that it's beginning much earlier in the 40s and 50s, and then, the, the, you know, it's 80 million pre-diabetics in the country, which are not related to glyphosate. They're related to sugar and, and hyperproduction of insulin. But, you know, we're seeing, you know, the bad news, from my perspective, the worst news about chronic disease, not only does it kill you, but it makes you sick for 20 or 30 years before it does kill you. And I'm more interested in health span than lifespan. I want to be healthy. I mean, health is wealth. I want to stay healthy well as into my aging process. Whether I live a long time, I mean, that's a that's a preference, but I'm not interested in living a long time without health span. That's the reason it's super, super important to keep sugar intake so low and also moderate doses of alcohol. We, we know that higher doses of alcohol lead to higher mortality. We know that lower doses of alcohol lead to lower mortality. That's that's scientific fact. 100%. And I would have been a lot like Mark Sisson, who I know very well. And I'm not surprised that he said, hey, I don't drink wine. You made a believer out of him five years ago or so. And you said, someone's going to come out with a healthy way to do this, an incredibly healthy way to do this. I would have thought, there's no way because you just don't match up alcohol and health, especially a ketogenic state in the same conversation. But thanks so much for your help and everything that you're doing to educate us on this. Well, we have a special offer for your audience today. It's a one penny bottle of wine. And they can get that one penny bottle of wine with their order at Dry Farm Wines with an S. DryFarmWines.com forward slash success 101. And they'll find a landing page there that allows them to add a one penny bottle. We would give it away for free, but it's actually against the law to give alcohol away for free. So it's uh, it's one penny, one a Lincoln. So anyway, it's dryfarmwines.com forward slash success 101. It's great to be here. I hope your audience will go out and pop a bottle, pour a glass, share it with a friend and generate some love in their life and the life of their friend. Are you a believer yet that wines can be healthy? 
Don't take our word for it, though. As I said in the show, you've got to get on this side of it. You've got to go try it yourself. Head to dryfarmwines.com forward slash success 101 to grab your penny bottle of wine along with your discount there. I think you're going to be blown away. If you like wine as much as I do, you're going to love doing it in a healthy way. Right in. Let me know what you think. If you'd like to connect directly with me, please shoot my team an email to info at success101podcast.com. And I'll catch you guys on the next awesome episode. Until then.